Man, I can't tell you the last time there's been any show or any, like, I mean, movies are different, but like <laughs> weekly, week to week show. See, here's the thing. I don't watch shows like this typically, week to week, right? Any of the shows yeah. that I've ever watched, um, I've either, they're either show like... I've been getting into Stranger Things, right? I'm working through Stranger Things. Mm. Well, I've got four seasons yes. to sit and binge. I'm a binger, right? Yep. I don't like to wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a very impatient person. Well, and we've we've, we've become that way in the, the past few years with streaming, right? Like we, yeah. we haven't had to wait for that next episode of Bonanza when it comes on CBS next week or... Yeah, but I mean, I think I've always been like that. Like, if I think back to, mm. like, with very few exceptions, any shows that I was into mm-hmm. were not shows I had to wait for. Mm. Right? It was either all reruns anyways, sure. playing every night, yep. or whatever it was. Yep, yep. Um, but I just, like, I think back when you did have to wait for shows, I just didn't really get into shows. Mm. Um, and so that's... I'm struggling here. Like, the MCU shows, it's like, okay, it's week to week, and I have to wait next week for the next episode. And it, it's it's exciting, because they're all kind of like water cooler shows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, those are limited series, and, 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 you know, when it's done, it's done, and there's no waiting for the next season, and there's another MCU show right around the corner, so you're still kind of getting that that fix anyways. Right. I'm really struggling week to week, waiting for another episode of this show, and I am <laughs> dreading. Like, I've never dreaded many things before. The time between seasons. It's going to kill me, man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, welcome I to the show. I messaged you. The, wait, wait. No, no. no stop. I, I'm going to say. No, I'm going no, to say. Welcome uh. to the show. Welcome to the Movie Bed Podcast. I'm Pete. My soon-to-be on life support friend and co-host is Brady. Uh, sorry. Continue your thought. Continue your thought. You know, earlier this week when when I did the first couple episodes with Carl, he made me oh. introduce myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That son you of just, a gun! You didn't know what to do. You're like nothing. No, yeah, it was like all of a sudden, you know. I was like, oh, I've done 210 episodes this way. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to introduce myself. Yeah. Um, I see now. I don't know what I was saying. Oh no, I messaged you on. Now I remember. I messaged you on yeah. Sunday. The show mm-hmm. comes out Fridays. Yeah, <laughs> and I messaged you Sunday. I, and I was it like, was early Sunday too. Like it wasn't like yeah. 9 p.m. Like it was like morning. Yeah, I'm like, I'm hurting, man. I need more rings of power. <laughs> and I still hadn't seen the newest episode yet. Yeah, you're like, I don't know. You still haven't. You're just going to wing this. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> so, no, it's uh, needless to say I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, spoiler alert, I thought this episode was awful. <laughs> really? I, yeah. I, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid like I was in episode two and episode three, but we'll get, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Well, what it. about episode four? <sighs> so, uh, listen, let me... Because you know we're here reviewing episode five, right? I know. Okay. Let okay. me just say in a nutshell, 
and we'll get into the nitty gritty as we usually do and as we should. I I don't think the show is bad, but okay. the juices that were flowing in episode two and episode three have not been flowing in episode four and specifically and especially in episode five. I just fascinating. I watched the I watched the end of episode five and I I you know there's those certain clickbait not clickbaity but shows like The Walking Dead that went on for fourteen seasons. And you you would get like two minutes of like, oh, this is interesting. And then the whole episode where they wouldn't answer or address any ongoing questions. And then the last two minutes, they'd kind of tease you a little bit. And then you go to the next episode. I I got some vibes of that. Just going, episode two really lit the fire of some of these underlying storylines. And episode three really lit that fire. And I've just been waiting for episode four to kind of take that torch and move it forward. And same with episode five. And like I said, there's nothing bad about these episodes but they definitely have been just kind of not really moving things along and just i i I, i'm just waiting for something monumental to happen that's been you know episode two and three has teed up and instead it's just been still waiting and waiting and waiting and it just seems like filler or minuscule things are happening to maybe some ultimate build up and climax in episode eight. And I'm, I'm just a little disappointed in that vibe that I'm picking up on how I'm perceiving it. Uh, yeah. Cause <laughs> I thought there's a lot that goes on in episode five that, uh, is a big deal. We'll get huh. into it. We'll get All into right. it. All right. Uh, how do you want to do this? Uh, you have been the master at arms. Uh, I've been okay with the way you're doing it. So I'm, if you have a list of things, that's that's fine by me. But how? Okay. Yeah. I I think it might be a little less structured this week. That's um, fine. But I I'll certainly try. Yeah. You know, uh, the hobbits are back. They were. Yeah. Much much to your chagrin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't particularly hate their experience or my my viewing them this week it was fine it was okay i understand we listen okay i guess this gets back to the problem didn't have problems viewing them visually beautiful scenes uh climactic scenes but you know not a lot is revealed about the meteor man maybe some little tidbits and sprinkles here and there but we're, we're really not blowing the door down about answering any of these questions but I mean, would you want them to? Like, at, would you at this point want to know exactly who the Meteor Man is and everything there is to know about him? Sure, absolutely. Really? I, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that sarcastically because you raise a good point. Like, would the wind be taken? Like, would the sails? Sorry, I'm blowing that metaphor. Would the wind be taken out of those sails? Mm-hmm. And it's a valid question. I, I would lean towards no. Like, I'm, I'm picturing. I'm jumping to Star Wars skin because I was listening to what some of you and Carl were talking about. And I'm thinking about Rogue One, the, the movie where you see Darth Vader on Mustafar. And I'm just picturing, you know, yes, if we get this answer that it is Gandalf or it's Radagast Joe Blow, or whoever, whoever, yeah. I still think there's definitely ample opportunity to have cool moments, cool vibes, cool dialogue of just not having a surprise anymore but just moving past the surprise and us going "Ooh, this is interesting and then biting into something else similar to rogue one where you know you just get more information or more perspective from a character that you know from a different point in time sure okay all right well we but won't it's talk a valid more. question i'm not confident to say that, like 
I'm not confident to say 100% tell us because without the surprise, it would be okay. But I, right. I, I'm at the point where I think I want to move on from the surprise. Okay, well, uh, speaking of the Meteor Man, um, for English being such a hard language to learn, he is picking it up like nobody's business. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, we've gone from grunts and... <laughs> and, like, you know, like, he's very much... This thing starts out, and he's very much 11 from season one of Stranger Things. <laughs> right? He's like, I... What's... What's friend... <laughs> right. right like he doesn't he doesn't know anything friends uh, don't and this lie ep- yeah in this episode he's literally it starts out and he's sitting on a rock and he's like to be or not to be right like he's <laughs> yeah. he's got you know he's picking it up fast which he's i mean if he up, is yeah. an astari if he's this like divine wizard being guy then yeah i mean it behooves him certainly mm. and behooves whoever sent him Mm-hmm. to for him to be a, a quick adapter and yep. and you know be able to speak the common tongue um so that's that's a thing um we get a glimpse we get another gorgeous map shot oh man the map shot flyovers are what i'm here for like hmm. okay. day and night um and we kind of get a little bit of an idea of where the hobbits are migrating um not necessarily where they're headed to but kind of like where they're at at that point in their journey Mm. um and they are close to so they're they're kind of the map shows us that they're sort of on the right hand they're on the west hand or east hand sorry gosh east hand (laughs) side of the anduin river Mm. um and there's a spot there like sort of just northeast of where the argonoth the 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 two you know the the two kings with their hands out Mm -hmm. sort of just northeast of where that will end up being built um but there's a spot there that like they're kind of headed through this they're in this like super marshy area and it's labeled on the map the gray marshes um and that's Mm. pretty significant because after the war of the Mm. last alliance that Mm -hmm. will go on to be called the dead marshes Interesting. Um, which many people like so that that area will grow and technically what they're showing right now is larger than it should already be um Mm. so uh, there's the lord of the rings movies do a really shit job of (laughs) explaining the dead marshes Mm. right and why there are just all these bodies Mm. floating in the in the marsh right <laughs> i uh, mean it's isn't it self-explanatory well <laughs> no i'm not i'm just kidding well no because no, it's not. like I mean, in theory uh-huh. yeah they all just die and then they were left there but it's like why why leave your kings and your whatever <laughs> right. just floating in the like <laughs> come off it man but <laughs> no so what actually happens is they are buried in proper graves mm. And then the marshes over time expand and consume those graves. Mm. And that's why there's all these bodies floating in the water. They weren't, when they were put in the ground, that wasn't marshland. There was adjacent marshland, but that marshland kind of expands and, you know, whatever. Um, And by the way, my shout out to Marshall. I feel Mm. like I've never said that. You say that all the time. That's my bread and butter. That is your okay. You say it. You say it, and then I'll explain why. Shout out to friend of the friend of the show, Marshall. Yeah, he's uh, 
sometime in the in the near distant future, um, he will be giving me his superfluous copy of the Silmarillion. <laughs> at which point, I mean, I'm going to be, you know, unstoppable in that because a lot of a lot of what's in there I already know, but it's it's kind of like. It's kind of like knowing Bible verses without being able to flip over, <laughs> open your book like a pretentious asshole and be like, you know, see as, as Peter said and the, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so this, this will be like my, you'll hear lots of rustling of the pages mm. and much of my week is going to be eaten up by, you know, cross-checking and, facts. And I have to say that will be a tongue twister, the superfluous script of the Simulrillion. Silmarillion, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we see some, like, culty, super pale culty people checking out the crash site of Meteor Man. <laughs> culty? Well, they're a little culty, right? I don't know. You I look mean, at that like, and you think they don't belong to a cult? <laughs> I mean, so, I guess the way to phrase it, if you were walking from your favorite shawarma place after, you know, sunset... And you saw these people in an alley, would you think they're in a cult? I guess, yeah, the answer's probably yes. Oh, absolutely. You, I look at them and I think at some point in your near future, Jim Jones is going to say, Kool-Aid time, hope everyone likes grape. Like, <laughs> oh. that is, like, hands down, they are cultists. <laughs> they have to be. Um, but what's most interesting, I have no idea who these people are. Mm-hmm. Um I recognize the one we get the close up of the bald chick with the melanoma, um, and she's in the trailer. So that was that was a shot that I'm familiar with. Um, mm. But something we didn't see in the trailer is that there. So they're like they're there and they're clearly studying the crash site, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. clearly bearing a shield that has the same constellation that Meteor Man is looking for. Mm. So these guys, whoever they are, are hot on the trail of Meteor Man, and it might spell disaster for, for our our dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hard to say. Hmm. Um, Adar. We we catch up with Adar, who you were disappointed with. Right, the leader of the orcs. Yeah, you wanted him I to still, be... I still, on my mind, keep thinking you're referring to the elf, and his name is like Anduhar, or it's something in my mind that's similar. I something like that. The black something elf. Like that. Yeah, sorry. And sorry, that's why I was drawing the a The yeah. Sylvan elf, I believe he is. Yeah. I believe he's uh, a but, Sylvan elf. But yeah, back to your question. Anduhar. Um, yeah, I, 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 he just wasn't visually what I was hoping he would be. Right. And stylistically hoping he would be. Right. So he has a he has a sort of on the beach moment with an orc. Um, he's like, man, I wish you could feel the sun the way I feel the sun. Right. <laughs> what do you mean by on the beach? Well, I don't know. He's like a he's a sunophile. He likes he likes the warmth of the sun. I don't know. That's something yeah. you do at the beach, right? Was it? It was a little weird though, because he like it's just weird. Like he wanted to have a moment where they were sharing sensory similarities but at the same time he's like let me burn your flesh oh he was totally looking to rub lotion on each other's backs yeah that was (laughs) that's what that was but i'm not sure about that i don't think but he references the sun soon 
Like, yes, that soon that won't be an issue. Mm-hmm. And here he's not talking about the sun being gone, but he's talking about the sun being obscured in the sky permanently over the land that they're in, which is Mordor. Um, yes. And I believe, and this is sort of personal belief combined with with book lore, um, what's going to do that will be an eruption of Mount Doom. Oh. Right, so it spits all the ash and shit up into the sky, and because it's not just your garden variety volcano, that, that makes crap kind of never goes away. I don't know why away. I never connected the dots, but that would be a, like, that is a super logical yeah, then there's, approach like, to the, what there's, happens. Because there's lava all around the yeah. base of Beradur, and, yeah. and, you know, the whole land looks like it's been burnt and is covered mm-hmm. in sort of, like, this this volcanic rock, and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. So, I think that's what'll happen. I don't know, like, they're talking about these tunnels. Like, they've been working hard on yeah. these tunnels. Yeah. And I don't know what exactly the purpose of these tunnels are. It could be just that they are a mode of transportation for the orcs so that they can travel quickly and through the day without getting burned. Hmm. Um, But it may also have to do, like they may be trying to trigger the Mount Doom eruption. Oh, okay. And this, this scene kind of makes me wonder that just because it's like, you know, in the same conversation where the orc says like the tunnel's been completed, that's when... Adar says, like, soon soon this won't be an issue. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see Mount Doom erupt if that's, yeah, in fact, what's going to happen. Right. Um, then we head back to Numenor, mm-hmm. and Isildur is relentless to go to Middle-earth. Like, he is, he, he approaches his father, Elendil, and he's like, hey, send me to Middle-earth, and, and Elendil's like, nah, <laughs> nah. And uh, Sildor's like, please. And uh, and Alan Deal's like, no, no. <laughs> and so, uh, so that kind of, you know, that's a little, little mm-hmm. sour for him. Mm-hmm. Farazan is definitely scheming, um, mm-hmm. and is definitely not to be trusted. Right? Like he is. It's made perfectly clear in this episode that he, unlike Muriel and. Uh, her father Tar Palantir. Mm. He, Farazan is no lover of elves. Oh yeah, no. He will not take an order from an elf, and his mm. son is damn well aware of that. Um, <laughs> and yep. so he is cousin. I don't know if they've explained this in the show. I sometimes mm. get. I sometimes like the line between what I know and what is shown in the show mm-hmm. gets blurred for me. Mm. Um, but he, Farazan, is the cousin of Mariel. Who? Do they explain oh, that? Oh, no. Uh, I don't know if they actually explain that or not. Yeah, so they're cousins. And in the books, um, he sort of forces her into, even though they're cousins, forces her into marriage. Yikes. Um, sort of as a way to maintain and secure his power in Numenor, hmm. right? So now he's kind of in by marriage um, um. and will for a time rule Numenor. Hmm. So that's, uh, it's all kinds of that's, icky. I don't know if Amazon will show that like an incestuous <laughs> marriage, yeah. you know, if they do good on him, 
but <laughs> my guess is my guess is they're a little uptown for that. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, so then we see the hobbits. We go back to the hobbits, and the hobbits mm. have reached the edge of a pretty, pretty wicked-looking forest. Mm-hmm. And one of the hobbits says, what evil has, has led us to come here? Yes. Which reminded me of Gimli's line mm-hmm. f- from the two towers when he's like, One. what madness drove them in there? And he's referring yeah. to Fangorn. And yes. this certainly looks Fangorny. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if that's what they're saying, you know, that at this point mm. somehow eight weeks have passed and they've made it all the way to Fangorn from huh. where they were. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so... So, yeah, so I, I'm guessing that's the forest they're walking through is, in fact, Fangorn Forest. The other possibility, based on whether I, they uh, were... Sorry, I did pick up on that reference as well, and that would be juicy. It would be. The other the other potential, based on where they were, and possibly more likely, because it would not have required... Um, it would not have required traversing across the Anduin, mm. would be that they are at the southern borders of Mirkwood. Oh, Okay. So that's also possible, but we don't know. We don't know what forest they're in quite yet. Um, but it turns out these hobbits are cutthroat <laughs> because there's a hobbit named Malva who wants the wheels to be sabotaged on the Brandyfoot's <laughs> caravan wagon. Yeah. Because c- they're just a little bit slow. And like... We've known they've been cutthroat for a week or two now, though. Like even yeah, just... Yeah, but not like to even this just when extent. it was. The, just the concept of like we're all going to portage together and if you don't keep up well rip like just the fact that they have a list of like oh here's yeah. all the people we left behind and they got eaten by 17 wolves and we all laughed you know like it's just I don't know I don't want to live here yeah it's this not just like felt like sh- an extra level of like there they are screw them sure. right now get them get them yeah, for sure. And I guess I'm just saying it's in contrast to the Shire where you watch it and go, ooh, like I could see myself roasting up some potato stew and getting a good book and putting on a kettle of tea and a friend coming over and having a, a, a brew with them. Like with this, it's like, you keep it. Don't want to be part of your clan anyway. Yeah, because literally, yeah, you reach the Shire and the only dick there is Farmer Maggot, presumably. <laughs> Right? He's not, is he though? Like well, he's protecting know. his crops. That seems yeah. With a scythe, like what is his plan? <laughs> Listen, you know, maybe he was sharpening it anyway. Maybe. Uh, then we see this like a really entertaining scene, but a scene that leaves me logically scratching my head, which is the the mm. fight demonstration with Galadriel. Mm. Um, who is my favorite character in this show? By the way, is Galadriel, sure. uh, which is convenient because she's the main character so i i feel like that that is a good sign worked out um it's a great scene it's really fun to watch the choreography is is fun sure but logically like so what happened because like one guy does get a get a but i don't know a hit right like he he slices her her arm a little bit (laughs) yeah and you know, bully for him, he gets promoted. But, <laughs> but my thought is like, what? So, what would have happened if, if, like, it, how confident was she that she was not about to become beheaded? 
I mean, when you've got a thousand plus years on top of someone else, I feel like he got some confidence. Oh, for sure. And like Galadriel is is older than the moon, right? Like yeah. she's been around. She's one of the oldest elves, yeah. for sure. But I don't know. Like what happens? So what happens? What happens if she dies? In that scene would they all still go to would they carry on the quest and go to middle earth or they, are they are they now like oh well dodged a bullet there i guess <laughs> i think so it's a good point i mean it i guess the question you're raising is it, glad you all maybe should have looked in the mirror and said maybe this isn't the time because i've got bigger fish to fry yeah but 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 i also think the nature of this game would have like someone would have stepped in like before she was beheaded or some such and i don't think it would have gotten to the point she would have been killed they would have just said hey she lost yeah i mean but it was like six against one like who's gonna step yeah, in that's <laughs> hopefully someone with know. a cooler head i will say i thought the opposite of this scene like yeah it was cool stylistically and yeah galantriel's a badass but just something about it felt off to me like when i'm watching this scene it feels less in the same cut of a epic Lord of the Rings moment where it's building character and building depth and rich. And it seemed more out of a video game sequence of like, oh, okay, we're between really big battle sequences in this video game based off a movie. We need to kind of make something up just for the user to kind of have a bit of an action sequence. All right, here, we'll have her walking past on the street. And here's like a little side quest where she has to you know, duel out with these random nobodies and, you know, winner gets to be a lieutenant or something. Like, some of it, some part of it just seemed a bit forced and out of place, but, you know. I, I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But it was still fun to watch. Sure, I mean, yeah. When, from when, a choreography standpoint, it was beautiful. And from a microcosm, like, use this as an example to represent the whole show. Like, use it as a microcosm. There's, like, I don't think this episode was bad. I don't think this scene was bad. But I do wonder if I could have had different utilization of scenes and characters and moments to further stories or further uh, the story than it did. Sure. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, shortly after this, uh, Muriel says to her father, Tar Palantir, hey, guess what? I'm going to Middle Earth. <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't go. Because all that awaits you there is darkness. Um, and Tar Palantir, like the translation mm, of his yeah. name does mean like foresight. And so I'm wondering if this ties back into oh. like his specific use of the word darkness and based on where they're going, which is Asterioth, uh, uh, mm. um, which is sort of like on the border, southern west border of Mordor, I'm wondering mm. if this plays back into the notion that Mount Doom is going to erupt. Like, I wonder if he's had a vision. Interesting. Right, that that's or, going to happen or, and there's going to be all this darkness. Yeah, or just in general with Sauron being darkness, it's hard to say literal metaphorical what he was seeing yeah i mean let me have my fun <laughs> you know who knows i think you're right it was definitely the volcano thing <laughs> um back to uh the bane of this show for you we see meteor mm. man um yeah. freezing mm. some water yes well yeah yeah 
healing himself. Healing freezing himself. Freezing some water. Yep. And Nori does probably the most boneheaded. Like, oh. in what way is it a good idea to grab his arm in this moment? Yeah, it seems unwise. Like, what was she attempting to achieve? What's the best um, case scenario here? Yeah, but obviously she gets a little spooked. Yep. By, you know, being thrown to the ground. Um, but that does get, you know, like he also saves them from these wolves. Yep. And so that, I think, you know, is has to be seen as a, as a mitigating factor in his sentencing. I don't know. These people are pretty unforgiving. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Jerks. Um... <laughs> Then we get to probably my favorite moment, favorite story progression of this episode, which sure. is Durin sitting um, in Linden with uh, 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 Elrond mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Galgalad, the king of the elves. Yes. Um, and and it's this is like such a, a, a hilariously tense scene because they're just taking shots at each other (laughs) like they're so hostile in this like elves against dwarves kind of thing and they just keep sort of like taking shots at like oh you know (laughs) elves are so slow at you know blah 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 and like it's just this this constant back and forth and then and then things become a little uncomfortable when durin talks about how the the table that they're eating on is made out of a material that is so dear to his people and are used for like funeral and like, you know, ceremonial purposes that it, it's their use of it as a dinner table is like a misappropriation of this material. Mm-hmm. And Gal Galad is like, okay, well take it in, in, in sort of a very backhanded way mm-hmm. is like in, 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 in a way that simultaneously, shows his willingness to cooperate and that he's air quotes sorry also <laughs> also <laughs> while demonstrating what little value that material has to him and his people mm. right like kind of diminishing um it says like yes well we will make sure that it is that it is sent back with you then master dwarf and you know blah 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 and i i loved that i thought that was so good Mm. um and then we we find out shortly after that that was all bullshit which makes (laughs) it like so much better that it's literally like that that was the mic drop moment that durin Mm. got a you know he had the final he took the final swing in that proverbial battle and it's so good and so good um we get a bullshit to canon explanation for why there is mithril Mm. in the misty mountains Hmm. and i say bullshit just because there's no trace of that anywhere Hmm. in the lore right that is something that was sort of conceived for this show i don't dislike it i think there's some issues with it as far as like believing that one of the silmarils was stuck in that tree because supposedly Mm. we actually know the location of the three silmarils and and it one of them is not in that tree so like Hmm. so that's a little screwy um but it is, like, it's a fun, we get a beautiful shot of a Balrog, which, here's the thing, though, like, 
This is one of those moments. So we've established that this show is not set in Peter Jackson's continuity. It's not. They're very clear about that online. Like the the mm. producers, the creators of the show are very clear about that. Okay. This is a carbon copy of Peter Jackson's Balrog. Yeah, I would agree. Carbon copy. This is the first thing that we've seen that is undeniably the exact same. Mm-hmm. Everything else is like feels very similar. Mm-hmm. This feels like a carbon copy. And again, it makes me wonder, like, is that what it is? Or are both just so true to the clearly defined artwork that exists prior to either property sure that they were bound to look the same in order to both be accurate it's a very interesting point like it's it's hard to know yeah i don't know um we have a very tense scene between elrond and galgalad where he's talking about like galgalad is well aware of the mithril yes and is trying to get Elrond to break his blood oath. Not it's not a blood oath. It's like his oath. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I went straight to blood oath. Went to oath. Um, and and he's put in this really tight spot because the fate of his people, presumably hypothetically rests on their acquisition of Mithril, which I admittedly I don't fully track with. I don't understand it. Like, and I'm sure I'm sure that's not a flaw of the show. I'm sure that's me missing something or not mm. understanding enough. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I don't I don't fully get it. But, okay. Without knowing more, this is where I would say the show is getting into a little bit of a hokey territory. It's 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 delving back into that area where if you don't know enough yeah. going into it, you're not going to get as much out of it. Maybe. Um, sure. But Elrond does not confess to Gal-Galad that he knows about the Mithril. I mean, he kind of does. He says, like, without saying, yes, yes, they found it, mm. he basically confirms oh. it in his unwillingness I, to talk about it. Like, it, yeah, he might as well have said yes with what how he responded. Yeah. Um, and then he approaches Duerin, and Duerin's response here is, at least for me, shocking. Because Durin kind of, he, like, takes a moment to, you know, Elrond basically says, like, we need this, we need this secret, we need, we need your stuff, you need to give it to us. And Durin kind of takes a moment to mourn the loss of what was going to be the dwarves' secret and and greatest Hmm. discovery, and still is. Like, that doesn't Mm -hmm. go away. Um but he, he just, like, friendship prevails. And he's like, okay. Like, let's go get it. Yeah. And I think that was so cool. It was heartwarming. Yeah. yeah. Um, then Farazan's son is a, a dick and lights a boat on fire. And 
again, and again, this gets into the territory of what are we doing here? Like this little subplot of Sealder's on the boat. He's not on the boat. He gets his way back on a boat because of someone else's antics and like i'm just like what are we what are we doing here like let's get off numenor let's advance in this storyline let's stop pittering around i mean they i think they are and like we see them leave numenor at the end of this right like the next episode will be sort of the colliding of our storylines but there's Um, that whole adage of like it's better to stay too short as a guest versus overstaying your welcome and I wonder from a narrative perspective if we've overstayed our welcome with Numenor and we, we, we should be moving on. Maybe. Yeah, we've been there for th- two episodes now. Oh, I, I would think it's longer, three episodes. but I can't. Three two episodes. Or three. Two or three, for sure. Three, four, and five. Yeah, we've been there for three yeah. episodes. True. Um, which, with a show with only eight episodes. It's almost half. That's that's long. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought they bought Isildur's story way, way too easily. <laughs> it is so like, oh, yeah, okay. Like nobody if, saw if the logic holes in that? If, if you say so, Isildur. Whatever you yeah, say. I don't, I, yeah, I don't like, get that. <laughs> there's not even a single follow-up question. It's just like, okay, if you say so. Yeah. I And the last thing I want to talk about is I have a new emerging Sauron theory. Mm, do you think it's a sealed door? No, that makes okay. no sense. No. Follow me here. That makes zero, no. Okay. Try. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. What is your theory? Listen, we don't know much about Adar. R- well, yeah. And the only thing that we don't like, we don't find anything out because we see, the one individual pledging his allegiance. The deserters, yeah. The deserters. Show up. And he says, well, to, to the effect of something like, you are Sauron, aren't you? Yeah, I and pledge my allegiance to Sauron. You are yeah. Sauron, aren't you? Yeah. And, and then he gets we, killed. He gets, no, yeah. he doesn't get killed. No, he doesn't. The other, yeah. But, and then he's like, well, then I pledge, I pledge my allegiance to whoever you are. <laughs> Who are you? Right. So, like, we... We get. I guess we'd either get a conf- confirmation or a denial. Like maybe I would lean towards it. He's probably not Sauron, but he doesn't say. You know, we don't know. But what's your so, theory? So, some lore about Sauron mm-hmm. is that he. If there's a line that Aragorn says um, in the Lord of the Rings, which is that Sauron does not use his real name. Mm. and does not permit others to use it. Sure. Um, Yeah, okay. And there's only a couple of instances where we see someone actually, it's like someone in cahoots with him actually use it. Like one is like the mouth of Sauron and stuff like that. Mm. Um, And so it's possible that Adar lost his shit because he was mistaken for Sauron. Uh, It's also possible that he is Sauron and lost his shit at hearing (laughs) the use of that name. Right. Yeah, no, I buy that. I buy that. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, I still think it could potentially be Halbrand. But who knows? 
the, the the reasons you gave were juicy. You know, the whole familiar with Numenor, familiar with being a blacksmith, the mystery behind him, the you know, there's there's juice in that that lemon to be squeezed out for sure. Yeah. So and to which, 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 which as a side note, I was a little confused by his backstory in this episode where, you know, someone, I think it was Galadriel, or like, hey, let's have a discussion about your past. And then we got the weird um, shift in scenes to what we I thought was a, a, him sharing something from his past, but it was of the current day deserters going to Andar. And so I found that a bit confusing, thinking that was about a sequence he was going to talk about when it was really alternative characters in, in the exact same timeline. So... Uh, yeah, well, because his people had pledged their allegiance to Morgoth in the past, right? That was the... Oh, okay. Which was like Sauron's Homie. master before. Yeah. yeah, boss. And I mean, that. And as a note, that, that, that scene where they pledged allegiance got like super dark. Like we've seen some dark oh, yeah. moments in Lord of the Rings, but like make a blood oath and cut your own hand is basically the extent of what we've seen. And now it's like, yeah, just kill this boy. Yeah, you know, yeah, because what's the, you're referencing the, you know, we will serve Saruman. Yes, the guy. the wild men or the, yeah. yeah. the guy, the gingivitis guy, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gingivitis uh, Jim. That's, that's, that's the sum of my notes. Do you have anything? No, I would say that's about it. I mean, um, yeah, I, I would ultimately say this, Episode got a a, a negative MV, or impact or a stop sign for me as far as would I rather rewatch The Hobbit or this? For this episode, I'd have to lean towards The Hobbit. Interesting. So this is, I mean, that kind of answers my next question, sir. Is this a win yeah. or a fail for you? I would say it's a fail, just a missed opportunity or at least not progressing things forward as I would have hoped for. Okay. Okay. How about you? I'm obviously you're quite opposite. I think it's a total win. I think, and I think that's indicative of, um, you know, arguably, I think stereo. If we were to look at the stereotype, yeah, I think one would argue that you are a larger Lord of the Rings film trilogy fan than I. I think it's also fair to say that I might be a larger Tolkien fan than you. Yes, I would I would tend to agree with that. And I think that that tracks with this, right? Like the the Lord of the Rings is the measuring stick that you are using to to measure this series against. Um mm. whereas I'm going in more like just give me Tolkien stuff and and you know, unless it's truly horrendous, I'll eat it up. That's fair. So that's fair. whether that's to my benefit or my detriment, who who the hell knows? <laughs> so yeah, uh, wrap this up, sir. And then I have a I have a I have a special announcement about merch. So you, oh. you wrap it up and then team me up at some point. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us this week. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a, uh, a comment wherever you'd like on our episode page. Um, typically, Facebook is the best way to get a hold of us. Facebook and Twitter. Um, 
check out our socials for upcoming news of, uh, you know, upcoming votes and other episodes. And uh, check out our Patreon. It's ways for us. We've got a lot of perks for voting power and for uh, video streams when we do them for special occasions and different inputs of, of things going forward. And uh, it's a way to just help support the show and pay bills. So we thank you for our existing Patreon supporters and uh, consider joining if you would like. And uh, we also have a merchandise page, which Brady would like to tell you about. Yeah, so not only do we have some pretty wicked awesome merch, uh, but we have a new shirt that was kind of teased and came up with on the spot in an episode that came out just recently with Carl and I reviewing Andor. Um, So if you want your very own The Empire, a spoon in everyone's soup shirt... uh, (laughs) then check out the merchandise link below because uh, that's there but is not going to be there for super long. That's going to be a limited thing. Interesting. So get it while it's there. Get it while it's hot. Hot. Sizzling. Cool. Send us off with something witty. Hmm. Something witty. Uh, I pledge my allegiance to... I love to- it. No, no, stop. Stop. You, you can only make it worse. I love it. 